G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, as we do on a Thursday, always good to check the pulse of what's happening in our own nation. Charles Newington, National Director of Family Voice Australia, is joining us. Hello, Charles. Welcome back to 2020. Oh, thank you, Neil. It's great to be with you. Just listening to your intro, it's going to be a very interesting day. Look, you know, some some days there's just so much interesting content to talk about. Uh, so many things that are opening up for Christian uh, appreciation and commentary. And uh, one of those days today. So let's start with really what I think is big news. Uh, the opposition leader in Victoria, Matthew Guy, who says he'll reintroduce religious instruction back into Victorian state schools. And the report I read, Charles, sounded like he was announcing this, but trying to keep it a little on the low key. I wonder whether he was a bit nervous about this. Well, I think we should be shouting it from the rooftops. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a very sensitive issue. I've been involved in this issue for quite a long time, and uh, uh, I recognise that that, um, that the world's changed an awful lot since uh, the, the days when religious instruction was part of the curriculum, if you like. And um, and I think that uh, chaplaincy has been a, a really good and creative solution to some of these issues where we recognise that... Um, that, that religious education, it, it's not an easy fit in a, in a school curriculum where the focus is upon a kind of an uh, educational information develop, uh, um, delivery. You know, and faith is, faith is so much more than that, isn't it? It's, it's more than just knowing the Bible stories. And so it, it's never been an easy thing to, to do well. And, um, um, and <laughs> I say more power to him, but I, I hope and pray that the Victorian... Christian community can be creative uh, and helpful uh, in in dealing with the challenge of of still engaging with their schools. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking about the need for creativity, you know, and the power of someone like C.S. Lewis's remarkable uh, work. You know, the the Narnia stories and uh, and and Tolkien's uh, series, the, the Lord of the Rings, examples of how people uh, have uh, dealt. Christians have dealt creatively with the, the great themes that are lying there in the subconscious and lying there in the deep consciousness of humanity, the unresolvedness, the feeling of, the, you know, uh, of fear about the unknown and about what happens after death and, and where the, the history of the world is going, all these sorts of things that are very often not discussed and not easy to discuss in a, in a school RE lesson by any means. But in, in these creative ways, we're able to sort of communicate to people that, that God's actually really on the agenda of the of the human heart and um, and and is really worth getting to know and uh, certainly i think good news from the perspective of victorians who'll be voting in a state election 24th of this month and uh, the idea now that the opposition actually has some level of clarity about their position on this issue of ri because under the andrews government they removed ri out of yeah. uh, school teaching time and so now you have an opposition saying we'll put it back in so uh, uh, from the perspective of having ri during the actual 
school classes. Uh, it sounds to me like a very, very good move and uh, something that Victorian voters ought to take some note of. Let's move on. Uh, an article by Janet Albrechtson yes. uh, called Rabbit Hole of Identity Politics. You've been monitoring these sorts of issues along with universities and it uh, sounds like she's visited uh, Sydney University yeah. to listen to academics talking about uh, these courses on Western civili- civilization uh, funded by the Ramsey Centre. Yes, yes. Um, you know, she talks about listening for two hours to nine academics and a few um, student representatives as well, um, basically rejecting the proposal that the Sydney University considers uh, the Ramsey Centre's um, proposal about, um, you know, a course in Western civilization and. And she quoted somebody from Cambridge University, uh, an, uh, an academic from there, who's, who, who by video said, uh, we have a moral obligation not to allow ourselves to become Trojan horses for political agendas of any kind, least of all supremacist ones. The Ramsey proposal is part of the worldwide rise of aggressive racial and cultural supremacism. Uh, let's just pause on that for a moment, Charles, because yeah. you make a quote like that. It comes from a highly recognised academic, uh, Cambridge University in England, and they're suggesting that Western civilization is the Trojan horse for political agendas as a supremacist political agenda. Uh, that rubs us all up the wrong way when we recognise that this is where we get our freedom from. Yes, well, it, it, it rubs um, some of us up the wrong way, you know, uh, because, um, uh, you know, if you look at Western civilization, uh, um, typically it, it's not been all good by any means, uh, but... But we've seen this dynamic tension between um, the, the what we might call the political dynamic of Western civilization and the religious dynamic, the Christian influence that's constantly sought to keep the political dynamic accountable. And um, we've, uh, you see this particularly in colonialism. You see that the colonial, um, you know, um, uh, adventure or or um, endeavor that that took place it was a constant mix of this nature that. Uh, that the colonial forces were there uh, for economic purpose or for military purpose, but there were always missionaries there, and they were working with the people, and they were always holding the colonial governments to account to some degree, and they were always investing in the in the human uh, reality of, of of those people, and uh, and I, I think. Um, you know, the, the language, however, the thing that I make a point of here is that we have to be, we, we must l- recognize we live in an age where people are using words like weapons. And uh, 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 clever people frame uh, an argument in words that sound so powerful and so persuasive. But we do have to be more careful and think through language like this. You know, that the, the, they, they, they change all of a sudden, you know, they use language like supremacist and uh, and despot, despotic and things like. That. Before we know where we are, we're thinking about our historical, cultural tradition as something that's all negative. It, it's partly negative, and we have to we have to recognise that. But it, it's also very positive. And I, I think the the story that we're going to look at about um, the the Christian Asia uh, Bibi in Pakistan. You know, she, here she is um, uh, being finally getting justice from the courts that were set up under the colonial period with um, the English legal system very much as the base of 
of of their sense of justice. And um, and if if that wasn't the case, if she'd been in an Islamic court, for instance, um, you know, the story would have ended in a very very different way. Well, you're highlighting something so so important here, and uh, it links the idea of the story we we're just talking about. Uh, with regards to Trojan horses and such things. Mm. Uh, but here was a justice system in Pakistan, as you say, mm. set up by colonial Western uh, Christian-flavoured uh, legal system that has actually protected uh, this mm. woman for the last nine years. Uh, because uh, from where I understand this, Charles, uh, she even faces a very difficult future now because on release... Uh, this idea of mob law, mob uh, rule, uh, that uh, she faces execution on the streets by the mob that says she's guilty uh, apart from what the court has decided. So the court says she's innocent, but they can't really let her go. She's going to need to have some sort of uh, asylum somewhere in another country that will take her. Yes, and that's probably going on as we speak. You know, uh, the, the, some arrangement is being made to get her out of the country, um, uh, you know, unnoticed. Um, I, I have a friend who is in exactly that situation, uh, and um, and in order to 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 rescue that person, uh, that person was removed from the country. And the challenge is, it's it's not so much. Uh, the, the vengeance then turns away from her to the Christian minorities, and that's what's happened historically. That uh, it's it's a way of, if we, so, if we can't execute this particular woman, we'll go and execute judgment on 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 uh, the Christian community. And, uh, and this is the nature of our world, you know, that we've got a world that's getting increasingly um, uh, polarized uh, in in so many contexts. It's increasingly polarized. It's not an easy world. Um, uh, to to govern, and um, you know we have to be very prayerfully supportive of our of our government leaders, our political leaders, because uh, the, you know look at the whole business of uh, of uh, the asylum seekers. You know the, the asylum seeker issue. It, it's uh, it's not just a, a, a simple search for asylum for political reasons. It's a it's a it's a movement of peoples for economic and political reasons. It's always a combination. I mean, look what's happening in Honduras and this this caravan of people that are walking toward the, the, the American borders. Uh, and the, the U.S. is now experiencing what Europe experienced over the last couple of years as people were walking uh, into Europe, you know, from, from Syria and from North Africa and places like that, that because they were being pushed by political and religious um, reasons, certainly, but they were also being pushed by the fact that Combined with that was their uh, their inability to provide for their families. In, in church on uh, on Sunday, I'm talking to a woman from Syria, and that's her story exactly. That that because she was a Syrian Christian, you know, she couldn't she couldn't run a business. She couldn't she couldn't feed her family, and uh, and uh, and so finally she has to leave. And we have to be mindful that this is the nature of of political and religious oppression. It's it's not just always. Uh, beating a person up and leaving them half dead on the street—it's—it's it's depriving them of the opportunity to make a living, and uh, and so so we get these massive people movements, and and uh, and here in Australia, what we've tried to do is we've sort of said, right, we'll stop the boats, and and we and we come up with a political solution that's not ideal, and 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 I want to encourage people to recognise that that's the nature of politics. Never do you get an ideal solution. You get the best in a difficult circumstance. 
And that kind of realism is, seems to be missing from the public debate these days. We've, we've just got to find a realistic solution and then be as humanitarian and responsible as we can be with a, with a, difficult, uh, a difficult solution to a, an intractable problem. So asylum seekers and Nauru, and uh, as I understand it, uh, the government has been on the quiet, actually exactly. taking those children off uh, Nauru, and yes. and in fact, you know, doing it on the quiet. They have to do that because there is border protection issues uh, still in play here, and uh, the idea of firing up the people smugglers. So uh, they're doing that on the quiet. That that sounds like it could be a a good solution, but uh, there is the risk, isn't there, that it might well fire up the whole uh, people smuggling business? Exactly, it might. I mean, you know, I remember, you remember the Villawood um, saga some years ago, um, the, the, and there was, you know, the left sort of made 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 hay on that issue and accused the coalition of, uh, you know, of heartlessness. Quietly, the coalition emptied the Villawood Centre and uh, and they've done that with ref- the refugees and asylum seekers steadily working away case by case, quietly under the radar. Because if they just say anything, you know, the, the whole thing becomes absolutely inflammatory. So that's what they've been doing. And since 2014, you know, they've reduced the number of children on Nauru from 167 to um, to 40 as it is today. And and that 167 were added to by another over 40 children actually born on the island to refugees and asylum seekers. So quietly they've been working away. Um, but, you know, they're on a hiding to nothing uh, on the centre-right side of politics, uh, that, that, you know, because they, no, their, their good is so evil spoken of. It's the nature of the political debate today it's it's very disrespectful and it's not about truth it's about spin well charles newington always appreciate your very very deep comments and uh, you know we'll have a podcast of this conversation up a little later on this afternoon on our 2020 page uh, for listeners who want to listen again to uh, some of those comments uh, you're thinking how does a christian talk about these issues think about these issues well charles newington uh, you really do uh, give us a, a deeper appreciation of some of the issues that are at play in these big issues let me point people to the Family Voice Australia website. Neil, F- Neil yep. I was just wondering, um, I mean, I'm very flattered by what you said. I don't think I'm, uh, I'm anything like that. But I, um, I, we've changed our website. So, oh, okay, you, know, you better give us a new yes, one. And I should have told you this before, but it's, it's, it's familyvoice.org.au. Familyvoice.org.au. Okay, all right. Familyvoice.org.au. Charles, I look forward to our next opportunity to catch up, probably next Thursday. But thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thanks for the opportunity. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.